0: listening to MCS Spotlight Resources for Life, Leadership and Ministry. This is Luch Lombardi from the William Morrill Leadership Center at Masters College. I hope you enjoy the podcast Hi Peter Newman here for MCS Spotlight and tonight I'm joined by Stephen Barkley. He's the senior pastor in Bracebridge of Wellington Street Pentecostal Church, and he's also an adjunct teacher for us, both online and on campus. And most recently, he started teaching a course for us on practical theology. And uh, Steve has sort of got me interested in this as he's talked about it, because I realized as he was talking that I have missed out on this whole uh, a f- a whole field of theology that... Um, I thought maybe I knew something about and realized quickly as he was talking that I didn't. And and, uh, so in the summer, we had him come and actually talk with our faculty at our development day and uh, had a great discussion there. Uh, And so I've asked him just if he would talk about practical theology and what it is. And actually, the course that you're teaching now to the students is uh, called Theology Meets Life, colon, Practical Theology. And so you're teaching our fourth year's this whole area of practical theology. Uh, So first, let me just say, welcome, Steve, and thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for the invite. Yeah. Um, And I guess when I, and and maybe our audience will think this too, when Mm -hmm. I first thought of practical theology, I I guess I thought more along the lines of applied theology. So uh, we've done our theology, we've done our Bible exegesis, and then we've sort of systematized some things, and... um, now that we've resolved all of that stuff, you know, uh, we've got all our doctrinal statements down. Now we're going to apply it. So we do a course on homiletics. Now, how do I preach this stuff from the Bible or these theology points? Uh, we're going to talk about counseling and we're going to get, uh, or at least you know, pastoral care and these things. And so we sort of apply what we've learned, but it's it's somewhat disconnected from the theology piece. It is more about how to stuff. But as we talked before the summer and then in the summer and you were talking about the program that you're in doing practical theology really what came to light is uh, no there's something far more in depth here when it comes to the application and and practice of being a Christian and integrating theology Uh, there's something more um, heady in this and thoughtful (laughs) in this Uh, and so if practical theology is not simply applied theology can you Describe. Tell us what practical theology is. What you've learned about this. uh, What you're teaching our students Mm -hmm. about this. How how would you describe it to them? What is practical theology?
1: Well, the first thing to say is that practical theology is a very broad area of study, and uh, it seems like every person who does practical theology creates their own definitions and their own emphases on what's important to them. Okay. So historically speaking, applied theology has traditionally been part of practical theology. Okay, But for the last um, few decades especially, probably since the 70s and 80s, um, it's taken on a more nuanced form. And so the way I like to describe it to people that haven't heard of it before is uh, compare it to other fields. So if uh, biblical theology is taking a text of scripture or a passage in the Bible or a book and uh, carefully interpreting it. Um, systematic theology may be looking at a theme across scripture and across um, across history in our practice and uh, carefully interpreting that. What practical theology does, especially in the way it's modern, uh, emphasized modern in the modern world, is... Uh, it interprets situations. So the same care that you would take to interpret a passage of scripture or interpret a theme like uh, the deity of Christ, right. you would apply that same care in interpreting a situation and theologically reflecting on that situation.
0: Okay, so so parse that out a little bit for us. Uh, now you have us focusing on analyzing a situation we find ourselves in, um, so the context in which we find ourselves as pastors as uh christian leaders ministers just christians trying to live out our lives um so what does it mean to to analyze those contexts um how do we study those like studying the bible i get you know you work with some bible (laughs) tools theology you're reading different authors and that type of thing what what would be involved in doing practical theology the way you're
1: describing it well, again, um, it depends on who who you talk to, but uh, a, a kind of a simple way to look at it, and a method that some people use, is to be you begin by asking the question, "What's going on?" So, what's happening in the situation? So you can apply, you can this can be as simple as reflecting on w- what just happened in that meeting I came out of. Or it can be as in-depth as doing serious quantitative research on on a topic. Uh, But you start by asking the question, uh, what's going on? What's happening in this situation? And then you move on to the more interpretive question of why is it happening? And this is where practical theology plays really well with other fields like sociology okay and it draw it's able to draw insights from psychology various fields anthropology to get a really good picture and understanding of, of what's happening so the if the first question is uh, what's happening uh, what's going on the second question would be why is this going on the third question is the one that we're more familiar with as pastors is um, what should be going on okay. what should be happening And this is, once we have a really good understanding of the situation, then you carefully and with discernment, uh, theologically reflect and and bring scripture to bear on the situation.
0: Okay, so here, this might be the opposite way that we might think about something. So we just, uh, here, maybe looking at a situation, well, here's what's wrong, or here's what's right, Mm -hmm. and we're going to bring the Bible in and uh, some... You know, theological thought to either correct something or affirm something, and uh, then our job's done. But what you seem to be saying is we need to take more time to look at the situation that we're in, either through pretty in-depth work or just asking ourselves what just you know what happened in that meeting, mm-hmm. um, what's going on in our church right now, and taking more time to understand before we respond. That, that's what it sounds yeah. like to me. Like so, um, because some might be asking you. You're, you're you're focusing a lot here on the context. On another word we could use is you're focusing on the experience yes. of of a particular church of your life as a pastor. Um, and you know, w- aren't we supposed to just go to the Bible? <laughs> like why 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 am I looking at my situation? to tell me truth because that, that seems to be what you're saying yes like that that we are going to learn about how god wants us to work in the world by analyzing our situation the bible and theology systematic theology come into it but mm-hmm. not first rather yes um, y- you're saying no but first of all make sure you know where you are where is that a, mm-hmm. a way of saying it like why experience first instead of Jumping to scripture first, and we're not downplaying scripture here, but yeah. well help us. If if some, <laughs> if somebody says, no, we just go to the Bible, that's what we're gonna do, and that'll, you know, we're gonna figure out the situation that way. You're you're saying start at this maybe from a different angle.
1: I'm s i am think the biblical word for it would be discernment. Okay. Really artfully, prayerfully, through the influence of the Holy Spirit and the understanding that the Spirit brings. Um, carefully handling the Word of God. I think when we don't understand what's going on, it's easier to go to uh, what we've learned about the Bible in the past and say, hey, this, this tool fits it, so let me apply this tool to this situation and I'll fix it. Okay. Where it could be the absolutely wrong passage or wrong approach to take based on the situation. So I'm not... Um, one thing I always want to keep uh, <laughs> emphasizing is I, I'm I'm not minimizing scripture. Uh, scripture is normative and authoritative in a way that our own experiences are not. Right. Clearly, okay. um, but I think when we jump to use scripture before we understand what's happening, we can actually misuse scripture in the process.
0: Okay. I remember I remember hearing Vic Shepherd who used to teach at Tyndale I listen to uh, one of my favorite props and uh he said he said everybody I think something like this everybody should go do a humanities degree before they do theology <laughs> because he says he finds people that uh have not done any humanities when it comes to th- their theology they're a little shrill <laughs> yeah yeah so and when yeah. you were talking about your use of the bible the, the, the listeners couldn't see it, but you made a motion like a hammer. Like do we do we take sometimes we, we've got the scriptural answer and here's the situation, like to a person who 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 uses a hammer all the time, everything looks like a nail, like mm-hmm. that type of thing. So yep. if we get good with the Bible, we're just gonna use that to sort of fix this, this and this. But are we are we understanding the context well enough to know how the Bible should be applied. So I like what you said there. The Bible is normative; it's our authority. It's more authoritative than our experience can be. Certainly, the wisdom piece comes in in how, but how, how, and when do we use it in that particular way for that situation? Exactly. And so that that takes more thought. And we're we're not in a tradition that <laughs> is very patient. Uh, sure, we're very pragmatic in the sense that we want cash value. We want we want to see results, and we want them yesterday. Um, And so uh, pragmatism, we've talked about this before, uh, Mm -hmm. you and I, that pragmatism has its strengths. It helps us not get bogged down in endless discussion before we do anything. There needs to be an action piece. But sometimes there is also this pragmatic piece that gets ahead of itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, This seems to get me the result I think I need. Therefore, we will now change our structure in our church to be this or we'll chase after this particular uh, type of of ministry model or whatever the case is and that might be good it might be bad have we taken enough time to actually process what's going on there and that seems to be what you're uh, you're asking you're 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 suggesting to us here
1: yeah I, i i think it's uh practical theology recognizes That at the core of all of our Christian practices, the things that we do as believers, there's, well, you could call it a theory or a theology or a reason behind it. We have reasons for the things that we do as Christians. Oftentimes we don't recognize those reasons. And when we shift our practices around, sometimes we inadvertently wind up losing some of our theology as we change um, I'll give you an example of this. My, my kids love to say grace um, before their meals. Right. They've been, that's a simple Christian practice. When I say say grace, we give thanks. We just thank God for our meal. Uh, my kids fight over who gets to say grace. We've worked it out now and it's yeah. all good. Um, when they were at an age where they could barely form sentences, they would try to say grace to copy us. And it it was a practice. Now, they could not articulate at a young age that um, they are indebted to the ongoing Creator God for um, daily sustenance and for life and right. gratitude. They couldn't express those things. But as they grew up, those those beliefs were embedded in that practice. So they grew up believing that just because of the practice that they were engaged in. Right. So in church... When we change our practice to be pragmatic, it's, it's important to reflect on what is the underlying values in the practice that we're bringing in and the, the, the underlying value in the practices that may get shuffled off and replaced by the new practice.
0: Okay, because one of our... our uh, I don't know if it's a trend or simply the way we seem to be sometimes doing things in churches uh, in order to remain fresh Mm -hmm. relevant to culture which are important things Um, we're looking for the newest and sometimes it might be a new song new practice new type of thing and all those things may be good may be helpful may be forming us in the right ways Mm -hmm. they may not yeah Um, so you're you're saying here uh, anytime we change a practice if we haven't done so thoughtfully we may find that it's Changing us in ways we didn't really want in the long term. Yeah. Um, or maybe we get lucky and it <laughs> and it does the it does the job. So. Hmm. Um. Okay. So your kids are formed with the practice of, of prayer. Uh, I I was we were talking earlier, and I mentioned to you one that in the um, in the nineties when uh, uh, this is the uh, Assemblies of God um, put out some new curriculum that was adopted within uh, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, within certain districts. I mean, it was good. It was a sort of a uh, capitalizing on Rick Warren's baseball diamond model of how you bring a person in the church, move them on to spiritual maturity, get them involved in ministry, and then send them out into the world and that type of thing. So it's a good mm-hmm. sort of model discipleship way. And, and so uh, uh, Assemblies of God Springfield, sort of uh, uh, with, with Warren's permission, adopted some of that, added baptism in the Holy Spirit in there, and, uh, and then push this out. But one of the questions I had in, in all of that was um, for, for a person like Rick Warren, uh, who, who defines purposes of the church, purpose-driven church, 25 years ago, almost that <laughs> thing came out. But, you know, he have got these purposes, evangelism and service and this type of thing. And one of them is worship. What, the purpose of the church is worship, but the way that he tends to frame it is that purposes t- tend to be hu- utilities. They're a means to an end. And I thought at the time... I'm a youth pastor in a, in a church, and I'm thinking, it, can, can we simply take a model, a non-Pentecostal model, and plunk it down in the middle of a Pentecostal church and say, but don't worry, we've added spirit baptism in here, and expect worship in this case, that's what that was my main thought. Mm-hmm. Can we expect worship to remain the same? Because from my reading study, uh, a lot of Pentecostalism, uh, almost the heart of it in some ways, is focused on this worship experience. You come yes. to meet with God, and yeah. um, worship isn't so much a means, a utility. It's not a utility. It's not a means to an end. You get with God because you're going, and you, with other people, with other Christians, because you're going to meet with God. It's almost an end to itself. Uh, some would describe it as play. Wolfgang Fonde mm-hmm. does us, Jean- yep. Jean-Jacques Sermonde. Um This is this is this is play. We we come to. I don't mean it's trivial. I mean it's it's an engagement in a structure, but that has spontaneity. Yes. and and it's celebratory and all these types of things. But we never thought of it as a utility, as a means to an end, mm-hmm. as a means to attract seekers yes. or something else like that. So you implement a different structure, a different practice, into the middle of a Pentecostal context, and suddenly over time. You may lose the heart of Pentecostalism, not because you on paper said, we want to lose this, but simply because the practice changed. Now, yeah. all that to say is, I'm not criticizing one way or the other. I just thought that was you know, what churches want to do with that. I just thought that was interesting that there was, oh, we can just take this model yeah. and import it and put it in ours and it's not going to change anything. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. how can it not change something? You just, it's going to change what we believe. Yes. So, anyway, I've, I've talked a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I would just say that from a practical theological perspective, at the core of the Pentecostal experience of worship, and Josh Samuel in his book makes, big, makes a good point of this, is an experience of the Spirit of God. This is what the value is, the theology that underlies the Pentecostal worship experience. So, yeah, when you replace it, with a form of worship that has another value, either explicit or implicit, whether it's uh, attracting seekers to your church or growing the church or whatever it is. Yeah, you you do lose um, the value that was implicit in the former practice. So you do lose that sense of immediacy of the Spirit as being right. a goal and value, desire, and worship. So it doesn't mean that that necessarily is wrong
0: decision in and of itself. No. It's just that... We need to think about, yes. do we want to go down this road? Because this is where this is going to leave mm-hmm. us. And I just had the hunch back then that I thought, I don't know if those questions... Now, maybe the questions were being asked but uh, by the publishers. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but I don't think it was being asked as as we as churches, and I did too. We just took this curriculum and said, how can we implement this? And, and in different ways. I mean, it didn't change everything. But it was mm-hmm. sort of like, we, we are recommending this. I thought, but... This is going to take us somewhere. Do we know where it's going to take us? Yeah. So, Okay, so we need some examples here because we've been pretty uh, abstract. <laughs> All um, right. And, and uh, you didn't give us the good practical example of your kids, but, but let, let's ask this H- How would you um, implement this practical theology process? Like, what are some examples you might give your students um, right. that, that will help put some rubber to the road on, on this? Thanks for joining us on this edition of MCS Spotlight. This is Luke Lombardi coming to you from William Morrow Leadership Center. To contact us, you can reach us by email at advancedleading at mcs.edu. And you can follow us on Twitter at advancedleading or visit our webpage at mcs.edu slash leadership. We're also on Facebook under Dr. William Morrow Leadership Center. Thanks for being with us.